0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Rumble Strip. I'm gonna open with a story. And this, this, is a, this story is true. And unfortunately, it's happened more than once in my life. So I was out of town. I was ministering. Uh, at a convention, and uh, I was the speaker at night. They took me to dinner. They wanted to get me a hotel room. I was five hours away. I said, no, I'm gonna drive home. I knew I'd get home four or five in the morning, but I just wanted to be home and so I got this huge 20 ounce cup of coffee. This is before energy drinks. It's high test and I'm drinking it. I drive a couple hours, my eyes are getting heavy. I stop again, I get another 20 ounce cup of coffee and, and then an hour or so in my eyes are getting really he- heavy. I'm driving 70 miles an hour on this highway. So I opened the window, it was a cool day or night and this cold air is hitting me. I have the music blasting and you know, I should have stopped and shut my eyes somewhere, but I'm a guy, so I didn't. And I just thought, I can make it home. I can make it home. I can fight this. And then I fell asleep going 70 miles an hour. And I, I didn't know I fell asleep. You, th- you think you're gonna stay up, but I. all of a sudden I heard boom, 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 boom. And I hit these rumble strips and it woke me up and I was heading right off the curve and I pulled it back and, and I didn't. I didn't die. I didn't get in a terrible accident. I was so excited. And so I have firsthand firsthand connection with rumble strips. And uh, rumble strips, here's a picture of a center rumble strip. And um, these keep you from going across and having uh, hitting someone head on. The one that helped me was on the curve. They even have them that go across the road. Like when you're coming up to a toll booth and you, you go over them. So you know to slow down. And, uh, we had our grandkids with us. This is years ago. Joey was five and Riley was three and they're in the back seat and we're coming up to a a toll booth and, and, and we hear the rumble strip, boom, 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 And Joey goes, Poppy, what's that? And then it goes, boom, 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 boom again. I said, oh, Joey, my car ate too many beans last night and it's tooting. And he was just young enough to laugh at that. And now my corny grandpa jokes just don't work anymore. But you know, they're audible, they're tac- tactile. And so you hear them and you feel them. And uh, they cost only $5,000 per mile to put in. They bring fatality rates on the road down 51%. Last year, uh, about 32,000 people died in auto accidents in the state of Ohio. It would have been over 60 without rumble sticks. But, but, but guys, listen to this God has given us spiritual rumble strips, and that's what this series is about. We're going to take a look at four of them, they're absolutely amazing. God placed them in our life to protect us. And we're coming out of a text in the book of Ephesians. And I want to encourage you, this is four weeks long. I'll be teaching all four of these lessons. I want to encourage you to read the book of Ephesians once a week. It's only six chapters. And and here's, I want to set you up for the book. The first half of the book, the first three chapters... It's all about what happened to you when you accepted Jesus. So you'll hear verses, you'll read verses like this, and you, the Christian, are seated together with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, and you're above the enemy, and you have all authority, and you're above sin. It's just amazing. It's all about how God blessed you when you accepted Jesus. You'll hear a verse like this, and you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, and it's just all about what God did for you when you accepted Christ. Then you get into the second half, chapters 4, 5 and 6 and here's the approach God takes. Now since I did all this incredible stuff for you, since you're so blessed and you you always you always follow God because you find out he blessed you. He says Here's how I'd like you to live your life so that you please me. And he just gives us instructions in chapters 4, 5, and 6. So you'll see those from a different light the next time you read them. So in chapter 5, he gives us the rumble strips. And here we go. It's Ephesians 5.14, and it reads, Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead. Christ will give you light. Now, this could be you becoming a Christian for the first time. But when you read the context, it's also dealing with us spiritually falling to sleep. As we're on our journey, we're on the road, you know, we can fall asleep spiritually and we can go off the path and really hurt our lives. So he's saying, I want you to wake up. And then he goes on and gives us some rumble strips so that they will stop us from getting off the beaten trail. They'll stop us from destroying our lives. And listen to verse 15. So then... Uh, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. This is the first one listed, but we're going to deal with it next week. And he's talking about your conscience here. And we're going to have a blast. You know how Jiminy Cricket said, let your conscience be your guide. All of you are born with a conscience. Your conscience works pretty good when you're born. But as we get older, it can become all mucked up, you know, and it can become hardened and messed up. So this is an incredible lesson. I'm going to teach you how to listen to your conscience, but I'm also going to teach you how to clean your conscience if it's not where it needs to be. That's next week, and next week happens to be Memorial Day weekend. So if you can't make it next week, uh, it will be online. I encourage you to come out, and we're going to have a blast. But I wanted to do that one second. This is the one we're doing first, verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then verses 18, 19, and 20, he gets into one little specific part of the will of God. That's going to be our fourth rumble strip but we're not interested in that today. The will of God is referring to the general will of God, which is identical for every Christian, and we find it in the Bible. So I'm calling this wisdom strips, and the Bible is full of wisdom strips. The whole Bible isn't a wisdom strip. Some of it's history and so on and so forth, but it's loaded with wisdom strips, and I'm gonna show you how to pull them out, and we're gonna gonna have some fun with this today. So here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. You can't protect what you don't detect. And you have to see it coming before you can protect yourself, right? So I have another car story. This, this is absolutely true. Uh, there was a week in my life, quite a while ago now, that I was in two accidents in one week. That's kind of crazy. And the first one, Gina and I were flying into Cleveland. We, we landed. We took a shuttle, got our cars. I'm on Snow Road at a red light. We're going to just, all we have to do is get on the 71 and begin to come home. And I see a car barreling down at us. And I, I know the guy doesn't see the red light or my brake lights. And I, I told Gina, we're going to get hit. Brace yourself. And I looked at the intersection, didn't see any cars, so I left my foot off the brake so there would be a little bit of give and the guy smacked us and our car went flying right across the intersection and it hurt but not all that bad the car was a mess they had to fix it but it didn't really mess us up that much i had a rental car four or five days later and we had a guest minister in at the church so he spoke at night i took him to dinner dropped him off the hotel so i'm on route 46 the mall's over here i'm going north and it's, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm daydreaming. I'm staring at the red light, and I'm thinking, I'm so tired. I wonder what I'll have for breakfast tomorrow. (laughs) And this car was coming down at me at 40 miles an hour. I found out from the police afterwards. I didn't even see it coming, and it hit my car going 40, and I had my foot on the brake, and it messed me up. I was at doctors for weeks and weeks and weeks, MRIs and uh, all kinds of other things. And here's what I learned from those two accidents. You can't protect what you don't detect. Now you and I There's so many things in this world that are dangerous that we wouldn't even know they're dangerous. So God gave us wisdom strips. And it's all about him saying, hey, I want to help you understand what's dangerous. So uh, the majority of wisdom strips, I mean, a ton of them can be found in the book of Proverbs. And let me give you a little history on the book of Proverbs. Uh, King Solomon was the third king king of Israel. His father was David. David died. David appointed him as king. So he's 20 years old. And here's what he does. As soon as he becomes king, he goes and he offers hundreds and hundreds of animal sacrifices to God. That would be the equivalent of of us praying and worshiping today. And God actually appeared to him. That's pretty crazy. If God ever appeared to me, I would be scared out of my mind. I'd be like, "Whoa!" it would freak me out. So I'm, I'm glad he's never done that. So, but he appeared to Solomon, and here's what he said. He said, Sully, ask me anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Can you imagine God just giving you that open book? Ask me anything you want, and I'll give it to you. So Solomon said, God... I'm 20 years old. I don't know how to run a kingdom. There's millions of people in this kingdom. Would you give me wisdom to run this kingdom? And he literally blew God's mind. Now I know God's mind can't be blown and all that because he's God, right? But just having some fun. He blew God's mind. And here's what God said. God said this. He said, Sully, because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, because you didn't ask for long life, because you didn't ask for great riches, I'm going to make you the wisest person that ever lived on planet earth. And oh, by the way, I'm going to give you a long life and I'm going to bless you financially. And he became the richest person that ever lived on the earth. Scholars tell us he was worth trillions of dollars if you put it into today's dollars. And he was the wisest person that ever lived on planet earth. And you know what? He still was in a human body. So he did make some mistakes. He had 300 wives, 700 concubines and got into worshiping some idols, you know? So that just shows us we're all human, right? But he was so wise. And so he wrote the book of Proverbs and it's meant to be for young kids before they go out into the world. But I don't know about you, I I need a lot of wisdom strips in my life. And so he wrote it. And one of the things he begins to bring out in there, it's a principle from cover to cover in the Bible. In other words, it's not just the old covenant. It's a Bible principle. Paul talked about it. And this is where wisdom, the wisdom from heaven begins to come. Listen to Proverbs 9:10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We won't deal with the second half, but this first half is so important. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you and I can't even begin to grasp God's wisdom sticks, uh, strips. We probably won't even want them until we come to the place to where we fear the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord doesn't mean you're afraid of God. God is not gonna punish you. If you're a Christian, you're never gonna be punished by God. Do you know why? Jesus took your punishment on the cross. God punished him for all your wrongdoings. And so the fear of the Lord doesn't mean we tremble and we're afraid that God's gonna give us a backhand The fear of the Lord means to be in awe of him. And I'll give you a definition that will help you. The fear of the Lord is you and I coming to a place in our lives where we realize God is God and we are the creation. Even when we're born again, you know, and we're we're the righteousness of God in Christ and we're seated together, he's God and we're the creation. It's understanding, it's this awe of God, you're God. I don't know everything. You know everything. And oh, at the end of my life, I have to answer to you and you're going to reward me for how I live my life. That's the fear of the Lord. Paul talks about it in, again in the New Testament. When a person comes to that place, then they'll be hungry to find out what God has to say. If a person doesn't come to that place, they won't be hungry to find out what God has to say. So listen to this an atheist obviously an atheist doesn't believe in God they're not going to fear the Lord because they don't even believe he exists but there are Christians that are not fearing the Lord and here's what I mean by that they believed in Jesus they accepted him they believe God exists but they have an attitude towards the Bible and the attitude kind of goes like this we live in a different culture. Our culture is different than Bible days and God just doesn't understand. And this book wasn't written for us because our culture, it doesn't apply to our culture. And they begin to just throw out certain parts of the Bible. And you can be a Christian and still not fear the Lord. But here's what the fear of the Lord is. God, I realize I'm a human being. I realize you're God. I don't understand some of your wisdom strips. I don't want to do some of your wisdom strips. But you're God and I'm going to just submit my life to what you have to say. That's where wisdom begins. Because I've read some wisdom strips that I said, God, are you sure? This guy has cramped my style and ruined my life, right? And, and so, uh, but, but it's just you saying, you know what? You're God, and I'm going to just do what you have to say. So let's listen to a couple of Proverbs about this. Proverbs um, 14, 27, it says this, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Do you see how it's a rumble strip? It's a fountain. It's going to flood you with life and it's going to protect you. Boom, 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 boom. It's going to stop you from going off and and hurting yourself in one way or another. One more, Proverbs 28, 26 reads, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. What's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. So if you walk in wisdom, it means you've come to recognize your place in the universe. God's God. I I believe what he says. And notice it keeps us safe. It's a rumble strip a wisdom strip. But notice the first part. Those who trust in themselves are fools. You know what a Bible fool is? It's not someone that's academically challenged. They can be very bright. It's not the court gesture, you know, dresses up like a, a clown and people throw tomatoes at it. No. A Bible fool is someone that doesn't fear the Lord. It's someone that doesn't realize their place in the universe and they feel like I can make my own road. I can make my own decision. And God allows us to do it but man, it's going to wreck your life. Can we agree? None of us wake up in the morning and say, this is a good day to wreck my car. I just think I'm, I'm, just going, to, I'm going to go as fast as I can and wreck my car today. Just see, see how things fall, right? Uh, none, of us do, none of us do that spiritually. It's like, I want to get up and ruin my life today. I just want to ruin my marriage. I want to ruin something else. I want to ruin my relationship with people, with the kids. I want to mess my finances up. No, none of us think that way. But remember, you can't protect what you can't detect. So wisdom strips are all about God saying, hey, I can tell you the end result if you do that. I can tell you the end result if you do this. And if you do it this way, you're going to be blessed. And if you don't do it this way, sooner or later, you're going to crash. And that's what wisdom strips are. So that's why I wanted to teach them first. And I came up with two of them. And this first one, it's applicable to everyone. But if you're a younger person, man, this, this will take you down a road that will bless you for the rest of your life, but all of us can get in on it. And I call it this, the wisdom strip of hard work. Now, in your Bibles, depending on your translation, you'll be reading the book of Proverbs. You'll see the word diligent, and it will say the diligent will be blessed. And then you'll see the word sluggard. And some translations say lazy. My translations I'm reading, instead of saying diligent, they say hard worker. So it's not referring to someone that has a physical job and their job's so hard they sweat. It's not referring to, a hard is not someone that works 60 hours a week and, you know, they just are always working. You can work 60 hours a week. You can sweat and work a hard job and not be a hard worker or diligent. And so I want to give you the definition. This changed my life when I was a young man. Here it is. Hard work slash diligent means eager determination that is sharply focused and strives for best results. Now, I translated it. It means you put your entire heart into what you're doing. So can you imagine you get up for work Monday morning and you're like, I can't wait to get to work. And you get to work and it's like, give me something to do. And then you put your whole heart into it. Guys, that's not always normal, right? Now, a sluggard... A lazy person could be someone that doesn't work and they just, they could work, but they don't. But you can work 50 hours a week and be a sluggard or lazy because a lazy person's the opposite. They're just working to get by. So my, one of my first jobs, I worked at McCory's, which was a five and 10. They no longer exist. About three times the size of a Walgreens, but like a Walgreens. And then they had, they had a diner in there and everything. I was a stock boy. And my dad told me, I want you to go to, JFK. that's a Catholic high school. I want you to go to JFK, but I, I have seven kids. I can't pay for it. Get a job and pay your way through. And, and I said, dad, I don't want to go. So just, I don't want to work uh, and have to go to school. He says, you're going to that school, get a job and pay your tuition. So I got a job at McCory's, but I didn't want to be there. And I thought this is a dead end job. So every chance I got, man, back in the stock room when no one was around, I just relaxed and had fun and took it easy. Never put my whole heart into anything I did. And I knew no better. Then I accepted Jesus and I began to read. I'm going to read a couple of wisdom strips to you about hard work. And when I saw it, it changed the very way I lived my life. So then I'm at school and I'm working what would be a dead end job because I'm just working to pay my way through Bible school. That's all I'm doing. I'm not going to stay there. And it was called quick trip. You heard me share stories for other reasons. It was like a sheets, a convenience store, big old store. I was the night man, which means I was alone. Nobody was even there. I could have cheated like crazy. I could have did things halfway, but I decided I'm going to give it everything I have. I came in early. I left late. I did the work for the people coming in after me. They used to just love me. These guys, why did you do that? I said, I, I was finished. I had nothing to do. I didn't wanna sit around. And they're like, are you crazy? But guys, the manager wanted to promote me to, he said, we need to give you a store. You need to run your own store. I'm like, I'm here to go to school. Corporate said, we need to put you into corporate. Why don't you quit Bible school? Just... I said, guys, I'm here to go to school. Here's what I learned. I am not that talented. I, I have very little skills, but I, I try really hard. I just put my heart into everything. I rely on God's help for anything I do. So it wasn't like I was this talented person. When, when you are an employer and you see an employee give 100% and they put their whole heart into it, you'd like to clone them. Let me tell you, it's an amazing Thing and 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 you might be saying again, hey, I'm just working for some pocket change to get through college or get through high school or I have a dead end job or I'm in, I'm in a union job, so no matter how hard I work, the pay is always the same. Listen, listen, God will bless you above your job. He will give you when you begin to be diligent. He will bless the socks off you. If you get that sluggard attitude and don't put a hundred percent into what you're doing. It's like you're going to go off and it's going to destroy your life. It's, it's going to put you in just a mediocre state. So here, here, here's some rumble strip. These are wisdom strips. Here we go. Proverbs 14:4. Four. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. This is the diligent. You put your whole heart into it, God's going to prosper you. One way or another, even if they don't do it where you work. One more, Proverbs 12, 24. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and never succeed. So it just doesn't mean... You, you kill yourself and you come home drenched and you're tired. It means you put your whole heart into it. And what's God saying? Guys, it is so easy to walk through this life and just give up. It's so easy to walk through this life and not give 100% whether, wherever it's at work, school, and God's saying, boom, 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 boom. If you don't give a hundred percent, you're not going to succeed. It's not, you're not going to do well. And so he's just giving us wisdom. strips. this, the Bible's full of them. I have one more. I picked this one. I'm going to use the new Testament wisdom strips for it. And some of you might say, pastor Joe, I don't need this. So I'm going to say to you, it's for your grandkids and your great grandkids. You might say, I don't have any grandkids. It's for your nieces and nephews and your great nieces. I don't have any nieces and nephews. It's for the next generation. So please let me help these young people. Also, guys, if you're 40, 50, or 60, you probably have to deal with this nonetheless. And this is what I'm talking about. I want to show you these wisdom strips. I call it the wisdom strip of sexual purity. And we live in a culture today that you, you have to fight to stay sexually pure. So if you want to read something really cool this week, Proverbs chapters five, six, and seven, you know what they deal with? They deal with the sexual purity connected to adultery. They're all about adultery. And adultery is when you're married and then you have relationships with someone other than your mate or you're single and you have relationship with someone that's married. And the Bible has so much to say about this. You know what It says, because if you do that, you're going to crash. Your kids won't like you. Um, you're going to ruin your finances. It's going to impact you spiritually. Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, they will, they will just let you know what will happen. Now, I'm always cautious when I teach something like this because some of you may have already fell into that. And God promises you he'll redeem you. He'll put your life back together. And so I don't want you to feel condemned right now. And can we just give it up for God that he's the God that redeems us, sets us free? Can we do it? Thank God for his forgiveness. Thank God. But I just wanted to take a moment and talk to those of you that are flirting with the idea. Read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. You're about to crash at 100 miles an hour. It's gonna ruin your life, not just your marriage, it's going to ruin every part of your life. But I want to deal with just the other side of it, not the adultery side, uh, you know, the casual sex side, and and I want to deal with the pornography side because that's out there. You know, I was I was playing one of my favorite games on, on my phone, minding my own business. I've never gone to a bad website ever on my phone, and this app comes up, this crazy sexual app. And it blew my gaskets. I'm like, what are you doing? I couldn't believe that it came up. And so Joe and Aaron, they're such great parents. They, they make their kids put the, the phone or the iPad, they make them put it on airplane mode, so not, no ads come up, because it's a dangerous world out there, parents, and it's good for you to be aware. I was shocked. And then, of course, any, you can watch TV. Just anything can pop up at any time. And God talks to us and says, hey, I want you to be sexually pure. So he says, I don't want you to get into pornography. I don't want you to get into those things, different things. Just stay pure, stay pure. And you might ask why. I'm going to show you the number one reason, and it's probably going to shock you. Number one reason. You know, there's diseases and all that. Number one reason. Uh, So here's the scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. You might think, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does that mean? I'm going to show you. But did you notice the first part? Run from sexual sin. Gina and I were on our honeymoon, and we noticed we were up at Daytona Beach and people were just driving on the beach. So we went a couple hours away and, and we were coming home. And I said, we're going to come home via the beach. And I was going down to get on the beach. And there was a big sign that says, don't drive on the beach. And Gina goes, see that sign? It was one of our first fights. I said, I said that's not for us. We, we can drive on it. And I go down there. <laughs> she, she's always right. So plus the sign was kind of right too, right? Um, I go just a little bit and my car gets stuck in the sand and, and the, I can see where the tide will come in a couple hours. It was going to cover the rental car. And so it's this part of the beach. It's all wealthy homes with fences. So I told Gina, just wait here. And I jump a fence uh, and, and I go to knock on a guy's door. He opens the door and this huge dog just comes out barking and he begins to chase me so I ran you know and I jumped into a tree and I climbed into this tree and the dog has me treed and the guy comes out and goes what are you doing in my yard I said I got my car stuck on the beach and he just looks he goes what are you stupid you're not supposed to drive on that beach I go I know I know I know I had an idea it wasn't good right can you imagine how you would run if a big dog were chasing you God says that's how, how fast you should run from sexual sin. That's how much damage it can do to your life. And you may not think it, I remember when I was young, I just thought, the first time I, I read these wisdom strips, like I, I said, God, you don't understand. You don't understand. God, this is normal, everybody's doing it. And I has had all these talks with God about his wisdom strips. So back to verse 18, you might say, well, pastor, it can't be a sin against my body if it's just pornography. Oh, no, 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 no. That's verse 18. Can I I read the next verse to you? Here's why he says it, verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought uh, bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Wow. So if you're a Christian, this applies to you. And I want to emphasize this part And this is what you'll lose if you're not pure sexually. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to understand what God didn't say. He chose a specific word. He didn't say your body is the house of the Holy Spirit. If he said it was a house, your body would be common. A house is just common. A house is a house. A temple is a temple. That's really different. And he's using the word that's referring to the Old Testament temples like the the temple of Moses and and, and, and the one temple that Solomon built. And those temples, they had had all these rules of how to keep them holy and things they had to do. And God would say, this is my temple. It's holy. And then he would dwell in the holy of holies. And it was just this holy place. So here's what God saying to each and every one of us. When you accepted Jesus, I made your body holy. It's a temple. Your body is as holy as the throne room of God. I want you to get a hold of that. The throne room of God is holy. That's why God hangs out there. God made your body so holy when you accepted Jesus, that's why the Bible says you're holy and blameless without fault in his sight. When you accepted Jesus, that happened. And that's why the Holy Spirit now is not just outside of you, he's inside of you. Now, some of you may have never understood this. You may be sexually pure, but never understood the fact you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He, God, the Holy Spirit is as much God as the Father, as much God as Jesus. And he lives inside each and every one of us. And God wants to make sure you know your body's holy. So remember what he said? Hey, stay away from sexual sin because your body is important and you're sinning against your body. And then he comes and says, you know why? Because in your body is the Holy Spirit. So some of you might be saying, Pastor Joe, my body's not all that holy. I mean, I don't even shower that great. you know, Or uh, my mind's so cluttered, you would, you'd lose it if you knew what was going on up in this mind. It doesn't matter when you accepted Jesus. He made you holy. And once you see it, it changes everything. But here's here's what sexual, casual sex will do. Here's what sexual impurity will do. Here's the rumble strip. It will stop you from being able to have intimacy with God. And the most precious thing in all the world is for you and I to have an intimate fellowship or relationship with God. And some of us, you're sexually pure, but, but you've never even known you could have this relationship with God. There's nothing more precious to me on planet Earth than to have a relationship with God and to know that God himself lives inside of me and to have that intimate relationship through worship, through prayer, through reading the Bible. It's amazing. And God's saying, hey, if you're not pure sexually, it's going to steal that intimacy away. And as a matter of fact, listen to this verse, Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Redemption, that means I put him inside you. It's my promise that I'm gonna redeem you. But notice how the Holy Spirit can be grieved. So, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're out there living any way you want, the Holy Spirit will always work and convict you not to live that way. But man, if you're gonna have intimacy, you won't be able to have it if you're not sexually pure. So the idea of sexual purity is, so you don't grieve the Holy Spirit so you can have intimacy. And here's my observation. I've been pastoring, August will be 36 years that I've pastored the same church, believers. And you learn some things when you work and help people. You help families. You work, help people for decades. People are craving an intimate relationship with God and the devil gives us something cheap to replace it. And people are thinking, they have this hunger. They don't even know what it is. And, and God, God is saying to them, man, man, that is so low. I have intimacy. That's what you're really seeking. And when you understand it, it changes everything. So God made marriage precious. Sexual activity in marriage is precious. That's cool. But outside of that, he's saying, man, your body's a temple. That's going to shut down the spirit. So I want to make this positive. Can I turn this around now? Some of you are here. And again, you've never even realized your body is a temple. And you can have this close relationship with God. And then others, you've been flirting with this and flirting with that. And I'm telling you, what you're really hungering for is an intimate relationship with God and God's waiting to have it. But can all of us take a moment, TCI Borman warned, guys, I don't know about you, but I am so excited that when I accepted Jesus, God made my body holy. He made your body holy and God placed himself inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Can we take a minute and can we just say, thank you, God, that you put the Holy Spirit in us. It's amazing. It's amazing. So some of you might be like I was, you know, I met Jesus at 19 and I'm reading this wisdom strip and saying, God, you don't know how fun sex is. And I'm having all these talks with God. Like, are you serious? You created this thing. You're telling me I can't do it now. I had all the, I mean, I had argument after argument with God. But I just finally, because I, I grew to fear of the Lord, I said, God, I don't understand this. But I'm going to accept it because you wrote it. I realize I'm the creation, you're God. And I did that, and I do that with every wisdom strip. There's so many, I just say, God, are you sure? But I'm going to just look at some of you in the eyes and say, I planted the seed today that God's going to water, God's going to grow and God's gonna change your life forever. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best, teach this part of the Bible. I thank you for every person in this room, every person in Borman, every person in TCI. Lord, we're at all different levels in our walk, and for some, I just preach to the choir, and for others, Father, they're hearing things for the first time, they're thinking, I just came to visit today, I didn't need this. And Lord, we're all at a different place, and I'm just so thankful that you're God. I'm so thankful Jesus died for us. And Lord, here's something I know that you spoke to each of us differently in our hearts. And you, you, you spoke to some people's hearts, things I didn't even say. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we humble ourselves before you. And Father, we say, give us the grace to walk the way you've created us to walk. And Lord, thank you for the wisdom strips that keep us from swaying. Thank you so much, Lord God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today, Borb and TCI Warren. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you've been here a couple times, but man, God has grabbed your heart today. And you say, Pastor, I am not sure of my forever, my eternity. I don't know if I die, if I go to heaven or hell. Listen, that's why Jesus came. Jesus came. He died on that cross. God placed the sins of the entire world on him. Every sin you ever committed, every sin you will commit, they've been placed on Jesus. He was punished with your punishment. He died. He was buried. He spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. Then God raised him up from the dead. And Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but I'll give them everlasting life. I'll wash their sins away. I'll give them a purpose. I'll give them an eternal purpose that will make them excited about life. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Have you called on his name? He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. I'm gonna give you a moment to do that if you haven't done that. And understand, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you uh, uh, anything but Are you ready to receive Jesus? If your heart's open, I want you to pray with me. Everyone else, can we help them pray? And those of us that have already accepted Christ, can we pray loud enough to help them and just let them hear us? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I need a Savior, and I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for my sins that God raised you from the grave. And today, I'm making it personal. I accept you as my Savior. I declare you're my Lord. I bow my heart and knee to you and make a decision today to follow you.